Welcome to Getting Healthcare Right, a bi-monthly podcast about the business of healthcare. Brought to you by TriHealth and hosted by Jamie Smith, president and publisher of the Cincinnati Business Courier. Many think America's healthcare system is broken. We spend more money on healthcare than any other country in the world, but our health outcomes are nowhere near the top. In this podcast series, we explore changes being made by some healthcare systems to provide care differently and in a way that benefits patients, employers, and entire communities, all while costing less than traditional healthcare delivery. It's about getting healthcare right. In our first episode, TriHealth CEO Mark Clement joins us to share how COVID changed healthcare. Mark, thank you for being here today. Hello, Jamie. Uh, boy, it's my pleasure to join you in this podcast. And I want to thank you for hosting it and giving TriHealth an opportunity to participate. Absolutely. It's always great to partner with you guys. Mark, I think a good jumping off point for our first episode is COVID. And the million dollar question, of course, what ways did COVID change healthcare in our country? Oh, terrific question, Jamie. Uh, I will tell you that COVID um, has uh, reshaped how healthcare will be delivered, not just in the moment, but for years to come in pretty significant ways. First, because uh, early on in the pandemic, many states, including Ohio, shut down all non-essential services. We had to pivot and um, we rapidly adopted here at TriHealth and across most states, and markets, uh, we rapidly adopted virtual healthcare. And we'll talk more about that in the course of this podcast. But, you know, here at TriHealth, we went from delivering probably three to 4,000 virtual or telehealth visits a month to nearly 20,000 a month, delivering almost 100,000 virtual visits the first three or four or five months of this pandemic. I think the next fundamental change that is coming out of COVID is really heightened awareness of the need to address in a more intentional and focused and uh, resourced way health disparities, health disparities which cross socioeconomic, race, and language segments within our community. COVID exposed in a really glaring and troubling way the disparities in health outcomes for minority populations within our country. And it also exposed, uh, meaning COVID, fundamental flaws in our financing and payment system for how healthcare is financed in this country. And hopefully we'll have an opportunity to explore all of these in this podcast as well as future podcasts. You mentioned uh, chronic conditions playing a role in the severity of COVID. What can we do to protect our country, protect our patients, protect the citizens against future pandemics? Well, I think that's, a frankly, another, uh, again, troubling conclusion that a lot of us have drawn from this global pandemic that none of us saw coming is that is how ill-prepared our nation was for this once in a century as it's been characterized global pandemic. I will tell you that, uh, you know, TriHealth, which is the largest 
health system in this region. Um, we serve about a half a million members of our community, six hospitals, 12 major ambulatory sites. We were in many ways kind of left to figure out how we were going to manage through every challenge brought on by this global pandemic. We were left to our own to figure out how we were going to secure sufficient personal protective equipment. We were in many ways left to our own to figure out, uh, you know, what are the safety measures that we need to put in place to protect our patients and to protect our doctors and team members. So um, we are all hoping and expecting that as we transition out of what many of us expect is the worst of COVID, that we as a nation will come together and learn from this two and a half years that we've navigated uh, really without a playbook, you know, at the federal level, at the state level. And I will tell you here in the greater Cincinnati area, one of the ways uh, that, you know, it was very heartening to see our health systems come together and work in a very coordinated and a collaborative way to the extent possible to make decisions about patient safety, to make decisions about how to educate the community on this virus that no one really knew much about early on, to make those decisions uh, in a coordinated way and to work together in the best interest of our community. And that was very heartening. So I think that was, um, you know, one of the very positive things that have come that, that came out of this pandemic. And we've continued even two and a half years uh, into this pandemic. And now that we transition into what the public health experts would characterize as endemic, which means COVID is continuing to be present in our world, but uh, we're managing it. And hospitalizations are down, disease severity is relatively low, but uh, we are continuing to work together in a coordinated way. All of the healthcare providers within greater Cincinnati and public health as well. So I think that was a, a real success from the pandemic, but you know, guidance at the federal level, we were encouraged by the governor's uh, prompt action to really take control early on. But um, we as a nation need to be better prepared for the next COVID. You know, I was uh, very impressed with the efforts that all the health systems, as you mentioned, your collaboration. In fact, I think the governor even made a point to recognize the systems in Cincinnati really did a great job of keeping all the information out there. What one system knew, the other system learned from. So I think that was uh, you know, a lesson definitely that hopefully we've learned and we can take forward. You know, COVID has changed a lot. How do you think COVID impacted the way technology is now used and how it'll be used in the future when it comes to healthcare? Well, as you know, early on here in Ohio, early in the pandemic, we really didn't understand this virus. We didn't really understand how it was uh, transmitted, didn't understand how to treat it effectively. And, uh, you know, I think appropriately, the, the governor exercised an abundance of caution and, um, you know, through executive order, put in place a shutdown for all non-essential services, including elective services within, you know, the healthcare delivery system within our industry uh, here in Ohio. And, you know, it's a little bit of a misnomer to characterize elective services as not necessary or not essential. And elective services in almost every case, a very much uh, essential care, but care that is scheduled as opposed to urgent or emergent care. And uh, so we had to defer a lot of that essential, necessary care 
that is schedulable, you know, like mammograms or colonoscopies or even some treatments, some surgeries, uh, orthopedic surgeries. If you've got advanced osteoarthritis and you need to have your knee replaced, uh, that's not a cosmetic procedure that's non-essential. It needs to be done, but it can be scheduled. So all of those were um, were delayed and deferred for, for several months. That required all of us in healthcare to really pivot and to rely on and leverage technology to provide the care that our patients in our community so desperately needed. There was also a lot of concern because we didn't understand how uh, COVID was transmitted. Concern about coming to hospitals, coming to emergency departments. There was a worry early on that that's how, if I go to a hospital, I'm more likely to contract COVID. So very quickly, health systems like TriHealth pivoted to, uh, to digital and to virtual care. We had been investing here at TriHealth in the development of uh, virtual care, telehealth, telemedicine for, you know, for several years and actually stood up an access point called uh, TriHealth Now, where members of the community could visit one of our primary care physicians uh, virtually, even before the pandemic. So we had that infrastructure in place and, and we're delivering probably three to 4,000 virtual visits a month with the governor's executive order to shut down non-essential services. We grew from about three to 4,000 virtual visits to nearly 20,000 virtual visits a month uh, beginning in uh, you know March of 2020. And when I say virtual visit, it's the equivalent of a Zoom or, or you know Microsoft Team, where there's a streaming video and we can interact, uh, not just through audio but through video as well. And that's the format that we've used and continue to use to provide virtual televisits with our patients. That we're continuing to deliver, you know, five to six to seven thousand uh, virtual visits, uh, even as we come out of this pandemic. But it's more than that. We provide uh, e-visits that utilize our existing electronic medical records format and patients can send an email request to their primary care doctor or specialist with questions or sharing symptoms. Uh, so we can provide care through e-visits as well. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, we've, as part of our work to get health care right, we're providing increasing levels and amounts of care in the home through remote monitoring and through our ambulatory care management. All of that was really accelerated through COVID and necessitated by COVID, um, given the reluctance of patients to come into hospitals and emergency departments early on, and obviously given you know the governor's executive order to shut down non-essential services for a period of time. I would say as a patient, I think it's given us some efficiency. You know, being able to fill out a, a form before you get to the doctor's office, being every, having everything on your chart that you can access before you get in there. And then when I get in there, not having to you know, waste the time to do it, that the physician, the assistant, whoever goes right into the treatment or to the checkup, which I think is, yep. is incredible. You know, Jamie, that is a really good point. And, um, you know, here at TriHealth, we've invested for more than a decade in building out our technology, our digital capabilities to digitize patient information that really provides us with the information in each of our physicians uh, with the information that they need to manage patients, uh, whether it's a patient that's being seen in an office or a patient that's being cared for virtually. So, you know, I mentioned a moment ago that we pivoted early on in this pandemic and uh, expanded virtual care 
through televisits, through e-visits, that would not have been possible if we did not have a robust electronic medical record that a physician assessing a patient remotely was able to actually draw on as that physician interacted with that patient, understanding that patient's you know medical history, understanding that patient's current condition, all through that uh, the you know the digital medical record. And, you know, we've extended that to large populations. It's part of, you know, our work to get healthcare right. So we now have more than 700,000 or nearly 700,000 discrete patient medical records in our big data. And uh, that gives us the ability to understand for every one of those 700,000 patients, which patients have chronic conditions, which patients have gaps in care, a gap in care might be, you know, failure to have completed a routine cancer screening, like a colonoscopy exam at age 45 or a mammography exam every year for a woman. And that enables us to reach out to those patients and uh, partner and collaborate with those patients to close those gaps in care. It allows us to really target those patients, one patient at a time, to better manage chronic conditions. And uh, that really is what, uh, you know, getting healthcare uh, right is all about. And it is made possible by the work that's been done here and in many health systems across the country to move from paper medical records to electronic medical records which provides important insights to our providers to be able to manage an individual's healthcare uh, and to be able to manage and improve large populations of patients, uh, their healthcare, and ultimately improve the health of our community. Hopefully we'll talk more about that in future podcasts. Absolutely, I think we can dig deep into that in the future. You know, you mentioned earlier that people seemed afraid of hospitals during the pandemic. Do you expect that to last going on? Well, we've actually seen in recent months and really extending back several years as we've learned more about this virus and how it's transmitted. And we've educated the community, not just our community, but communities across the country. It's clear that in our patients and community know this, that uh, they're less likely to contract COVID in one of our hospitals and our emergency departments than they are in a grocery store or out in the community. And, and uh, But that wasn't known two and a half years ago. So we're seeing very little reticence on the part of patients to, to come to hospitals and emergency departments uh, today. Um, you know, here at TriHealth, uh, we're booming. We've never been busier than we are today. We're excited that the community is increasingly turning to TriHealth. And we think that's in part because of our work to get healthcare right. But it's also in part because of how we have recognized that healthcare is evolving and that increasingly, and, and this is very much a part of getting healthcare right, and was an important part of how we responded uh, early on and throughout COVID, is that increasingly healthcare is, is being delivered outside of hospitals in the lowest cost environment, which is increasingly in the ambulatory setting. And TriHealth really saw this, my predecessors saw this trend long before I arrived. We've continued to invest in building out our ambulatory capabilities. And today uh, we operate 12 major ambulatory campuses outside of our hospitals in the community, conveniently accessible to nearly 2 million members of this community we serve. 
And today, um, more than 95% of the care we deliver in terms of episodes of care, meaning interactions and encounters with patients and members of our community, more than 95% are delivered in the outpatient setting, which is today because of evolving technology and clinical practice, we can deliver the, the same care more conveniently and uh, more cost effectively in the ambulatory setting. And I will tell you that our patients really appreciated early on in this pandemic, the opportunity to be treated and cared for in one of our off-site ambulatory campuses when there was worry about going to hospitals and yeah. was worry about going to emergency departments. You know, obviously, uh, access to care is a huge issue, not just uh, in our region, but across the world. And it's obvious to me that that's an important part of TriHealth strategy. Would you agree? Absolutely. We see access. When we talk about quality, you know, quality of care, there are multiple dimensions of quality. One is uh, clinical outcomes that we are actually able to deliver. Another is the patient experience. And a third is access, our ability to meet the needs of our patients in a timely, convenient way. All part of how we think about, you know, the quality of the care that we deliver. Timely, convenient access coupled with exceptional clinical outcomes delivered safely in a zero harm environment with an unparalleled patient experience. Those represent the four dimensions of a clinically exceptional delivery of healthcare. Well, Mark, as you said, we could talk on and on and on about access, uh, about the effects of COVID. The great thing about this podcast series is it's going to go on all year. So I'm going to continue to dig deeper as we move through the year. But I want to thank you for your time today. And I really look forward to having you back for our next episode as well, where we're going to dive a little deeper into today's healthcare model and the problems that exist with it. So thank you for your time today, Mark. Terrific, Jamie. It's been a lot of fun. Look forward to the next session. Thank you for downloading Getting Healthcare Right, presented by the Cincinnati Business Courier and sponsored by TriHealth. To learn more, visit trihealth.com.